Hello, everyone. I'm Joshua Schifferson, an associate professor with Boston University, and I'm here today with Paul Post, an associate professor at the University of Chicago. And today we're going to discuss realism and international order. Paul, you've uh, posted on Twitter quite a lot about this. Why don't we kick it off by just asking you, is realism compatible with the idea of international order? Yes, to a degree. And I'm glad, Josh, that we're having this conversation and that you asked me that question. Um, the reason why I say to a degree is for me, and I realize this is not how everybody thinks about realism, but I think at its core, realism basically addresses three questions and answers them in the following way. The first question is, will states give up their arms? Will they give up their guns? Realists say no. Right? The second question is, well, why is that? And that's where realists then start to get into debates about the systems, about people, minds of leaders, what have you. We, we don't need to get into that right now. And then the third is, and does it matter? Does it matter that states aren't going to give up their guns? And realists would say, yes, this dramatically matters that they're not going to give up their guns. So whereas maybe some other folks who we might call like, idealists or liberals or what have you, they might say, well, no, they're not going to go with guns, but there's more important issues like economics. And so I, that's how I kind of, in a nutshell, think of realism. Now, why do I think order is consistent with that? It's because though realists would say it won't, they won't give up their guns, states will not give up their arms, they nevertheless acknowledge that states will attempt to do this, right? States will sign arms control agreements. States have negotiated arms control agreements. States have placed some limits on it, but there are limits to those limits. So those limits, such as the Washington Naval Conference or the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty or even the UN Security Council, all of these are designed to place some limits on both the possession and use of arms. But a realist would say you have to be realistic about the limits of those limits. And so those institutions are order, but they're a limited form of order. And we can get into well, what would be a more elaborate form of order. But that's why I think order is consistent with realism, but it's a limited type of order. It's a very shallow kind of order. Very shallow kind of order. I think that's right. I... Now, do you have a similar take? Yeah, yeah. What's what's kind of your take on this? Or would you go a little different direction? Or would you say you're on kind of the same page? No, I'm actually very much on the same page. I, I would actually maybe take it a little bit further. And this may take us into a short conversation about the so-called liberal international order that exists today, which is to say states can sign international agreements. They can sign arms control agreements above all. They can even uh, hedge their bets by retaining some capacity, perhaps even a lot of, a lot of capacity to balance each other by uh, alliances or their own self-armaments. But I guess my point would be because we get a shallow kind of international order from these arrangements, we should also not be surprised when these things break down, number one, but also how from the perspective of other states, that is non-great powers who are on the receiving end trying to interpret what the great powers are doing, the so-called orders that emerge actually look more than uh, a little shallow. They look actually fairly ephemeral, right? So, so for the great powers, order may look more robust than it does for uh, smaller states in the international system. 
I think that's right. I think that the the notion of order is, you know, a key a key idea behind order, and this really does get to the heart of when people um, laud the liberal international order. A key part of order is, and I've been saying this lately on Twitter, as you've pointed out, but the notion of rules based. Yes. Like they've been referring to, they instead of saying the liberal international order, they'll say the rules based order. Well, to me, I'm like, that's redundant. <laughs> that every order has rules. It's who gets to set those rules? Who gets to break those rules? That's right. And who do the rules apply to? And that goes to your point about kind of great powers. It's, like, it's the great powers that set these rules. And it's typically the great powers who are given the leniency to break those rules. But the minor powers, they are the ones that may have to adhere more to those rules. I think that's a hundred percent true, but but again, I will I'll, I'll just riff a little bit on the concept of order itself. If we take the idea of order as semi-stable and regularized expectations, then by, as we've just established, if the great powers get to change course and change order as they see fit, then from the smaller states' perspectives, looking at the system, wondering, will today be the day that the great power changes its mind or the great powers change their minds? There's very little that's regularized and predictable about order. There's a lot of uncertainty baked in, which again is a classical, real, a, a core canonical realist concept that creeps in here. So I think uh, international order may be even squishier on order's own terms than uh, people may want it to be. It's compatible with realism, but perhaps squishier. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's like, yes, order can exist according to realists, but it's a very limited type of order. A good note to end on. Thank you.